I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another sort of episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to figure out the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson, and joining me from the Satellite Branch in scenic Hamilton, Ontario, lounging, it's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Blah, 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 blah. I did my own air horn. <laughs> Do your own air horn? Hey, everyone. Yeah. That's what it's come to, y'all. Friends, this is episode, what do my notes say, 195? Rapidly creeping up on episode 199, where we will stay <laughs> until we will until the current situation resolves itself one way or another. If you want to go back and listen to all the other 190 asterisk episodes of this show, there are a few ways you can do it. But basically, any way you find your audio content, look us up, give us a follow, subscribe, however it's phrased. And your audio content provider of choice. And every week, I know you're curious. I know I mean, you don't know what's happening. You don't know what day it is. But you can rest assured that if you hit that follow or subscribe button every week, brought to your device, one less thing to worry about your man. Chauncey Frostilicus III, Geek Down Internet Elf. He's going to bring them episodes directly to your device. Just one extra thing we're doing for you in these stressful times. One less thing to worry about. If you would like You're to welcome. <laughs> exactly, if you would like to properly express your gratitude for this, there are a few ways you can reach us. Primarily, Twitter. That's where I spend most of my days. <laughs> Friends, seriously, I don't have much to do these days, so the, the, there will be these odd spikes of Twitter activity from the show, which is just me doing all the nerdy shit that I think is too nerdy for my personal, from my main. The kids call it right. Yeah. Your, your main. Wow. Because I'm busy doing the work. Some some chumps are still out here working, not just collecting them them fat government checks. It's government check week, y'all. Woo! <laughs> that said, even though it's government check week, we still appreciate any and all support that the show receives for the moment solely at ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. You can buy us a coffee. Three bucks. Canadian. Literally Amazing. like a nickel like American. Nothing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And friends, not for nothing, that Final Fantasy remake came out this week, and I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's for the show. It's for the show, y'all. It'd be for the show. Of course it is. Yeah. Of course it is. Giving you content. You want the takes, right? You want these takes to be contemporaneous, don't you? Y'all make fun of me Ooh. when I talk about video games that came out in, like, 2006. For a hot minute, I was, like, on the PlayStation Store, and I was like, oh, man, that Final Fantasy remake. Ooh, Shadow of Mordor, 2014's most innovative game. Nice. What do you want to hear, y'all? Do you want to hear me talk about 2014's most innovative game or the Final Fantasy remake? You want to hear me talk about the Final Fantasy remake. And I don't have the money to buy it right now because I spent money on other things, which we'll get to. (sighs) But if you do decide to support the show, by all means, (laughs) let nothing stop you. Let nothing stand in your way. We appreciate it. We always appreciate anyone who chooses to part with their hard-earned dollars to support the show, but perhaps more so in the current climate. Given that it's uh, it's starting to set in, Kate. Well, here, would you like to hear my story? You have a story. I have a story, darling. I, I always love to hear your stories. Apparently, what happens to Caitlin when she has? I won't, I'm not going to call it a meltdown because it's not a meltdown. 
But when maybe not even the staying inside, just the everything gets to her. <laughs> Have I ever seen melted down Caitlin? I don't think so. Well, it was more like I was doing fine. <laughs> I was staying inside. We were going for these walks. But then I, my, I, for those of you who may be new viewers, new listeners, rather, um, I have endometriosis, which flares up to be very painful. Yes. And I got a really bad flare up last week, and it hasn't really gone away. So I haven't been going out for walks. Maybe that's what did it. Mm. And work's been a little slower. Right. And I guess I was just feeling a little bit out to sea, as they say. A little and what? I may a little out to sea. Out to sort sea. Of no, hmm. no direct path. <laughs> no, like my day had sort of a structure to it. Oh yeah, that's that shit's way gone. And that and that sort of started happening on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then Thursday, I was I was in quite a bit of pain, and my boss was very kind, and I was like, "Oh, I'll make up the hours," and she was like. This is that's stupid. <laughs> we're in a, like we're not doing regular work. It's fine. Go back to bed, you weirdo. Um, she maybe didn't say it like that, but I know that's probably what she was thinking. Um, so I went back to bed and woke up several hours later. You know, not feeling great, not having a lot of work to do, not being able to go out for a walk, um, and I just started buying stuff. I bought stuff that, like, usually I would really him and haw about. <laughs> like, really him and haw. Like, probably him and haw my way out of it. Right. Which happens a lot. Even it's stuff that I need. It's usually the purpose of I'm the like, him and haw. Well, it, it'll be like towels, right? Our towels, we've had the same towels for four years. And some of them are, have holes in them. They're pretty ratty. I was like, I could probably use some towels. And I'm like, ah, it's fine. No one sees them. Like, I, I just find ways to not spend money. And in some ways, it's a good thing because, you know, it's it's good to stay within your budget. <laughs> and in other ways, your uh, husband threatens to throw out your shoes because they're so gross. <laughs> like, like, there's uh, two different sides of the spectrum, right? So I bought a bunch of stuff. I bought some bikes. I'm sorry, what? I bought bikes. Bicycles. Bicycles. Plural. I bought towels. A whole set of towels. Of Sorry. Towels. Rewind it. Yeah. You bought bicycles, plural. What? Yeah. Well, one for me, one for your correspondent. And he, he did help me with this. And he did agree that <laughs> so this is not an insane <laughs> purchase. Okay, was but it was say. very weird for me to be like, let's buy some bikes. Did, did, <laughs> was like, about to be sorry, like, who replaced you with an alien? I was about to be like, did he ask for a bike or... Well, we we talked about, you know, depending on how long this lasts, depending about the fact that we probably won't be able to travel this right. summer, um, yep. we're going to want to get out and just like, you know, just uh, we're both gaining weight at a ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous uh, amount. And I miss bike riding. Like, I, and I haven't owned a bike for years, but when we lived in downtown Hamilton, they had the bike share. I don't know what, I can't remember what it's called, Bixie Bikes or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, but they don't have it on what we call colloquially as the mountain. <laughs> they don't have the bike share up here. So I can't just, like, go and grab a bike and go for a quick bike ride. 
um, or go and use any. There's tons of bike trails in Hamilton. Right. Can't can't do any of that. So we were like, let's buy some bikes. Again, this is what being cooped up has done to my brain. <laughs> and we like we'd go out for walks and we'd see people looking great on their bikes, doing some bike riding. And I was like, we should get some bikes. Kate, and he was like, yeah, we should get some bikes. Kate, you know what that's you know, called? What? That's the bugaboo, Kate. What's it called? The bu- I call it the bugaboo. Where so you, you just, just like you just have start, something, and just not—it's like a little gnaw in the back of your like back of your in like in the back of your jaw, like in your cheek, where it's just like kind of gnaw in there. It's like yeah. you just start thinking about it. It's like we should have bikes. Why don't we have bikes? <laughs> and then you start, yeah. you start looking up bikes. How much do bikes really cost? What's a good bike? Yeah. The sound of sickness. I don't know if you—that's yeah. me. I don't know if you. You're not that, oh, I don't know, no, I, I don't know if you deep dive that much. But. I, like, I looked up all these bikes, and then I was like, you know what, I don't know anything about bikes, actually. Like, either someone has, I've been donated a bike by someone, right. or I got it secondhand, or I got it really cheap at, like, Canadian Tire, or it was a gift, like, because I was a kid. So I've never actually had to know anything about bikes. <laughs> right. So I was like, hey, senior correspondent Chris do you know bikes? He's like, yeah, I know bikes. I was like, you buy the bikes. I was like, find some like relatively good bikes for relatively cheap because, but then see, this is a fun thing when you live with somebody else. You may have your own hangups about stuff, but senior correspondent, I don't know how to describe it. Oh, he's like, he he ups the ante. (laughs) I go, hey, we should get some bikes. And he goes, yeah, that's a good idea. And then he goes, I wonder if I should get a mountain bike. I'm like, a mountain bike? Where are you going? Who are you going mountain biking with? You want to ride trails. Well, but, like, they're, they're like, some trails. Like, they're not, they're not, like, in the forest. They do have some, but I'm not, I haven't ridden a bike in, like, a couple years. What do you want, a fucking beach cruiser, like, with a basket? Like... Yeah, that's exactly what I want. It's like basically what we got for me. Uh, I'm very excited about it. Um, but I was like, he, but he was like, maybe I should get like we should get mountain bikes. And I was like, whoa, 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 step it back. So he he one up things that I'm like, hey, maybe we should do this. He's like, yeah, maybe we should do this. And I'm like, no, we shouldn't do that. We should do my thing. The only thing I ever knew about bikes was my mom bought one once, and I was very impressed because. It was a quote-unquote girl's bike, but it was like a super girl's bike because it dipped so low. You, like, didn't have to bend your knee at all to, like, step over it. Wow. Like, the frame dipped as low as, like, a scooter. You could literally just, like, right. like step over it and to reach both the pedals instead of having to, like, swing your... Because, you know, my mom was older. She had bad... You know, she'd gotten knee replacements, I think, so... So she didn't have to, like, jack her leg all the way over the bike. It was just you kind of, like, step through it. Um, uh, mm-hmm. to get onto the seat. And I was like, I thought, man, it's like, but bikes, bikes, y'all have come so bikes. far. Wow. Yeah. So my, what, so what did you get? My, the people want to know what you got, Kate. You got a beach I, cruiser oh. for you. Yeah. And then I, they're, they're both, I think like a light aluminum. Mm-hmm. I guess that's, I guess for bikes, the, the better kind are the, are the lighter ones. Lighter frames. Yeah. Cause you're not. Yeah, which I, I didn't know. Um, so they're both aluminum. Mine is a, some sort of cruiser. It's white. Um, and, and again, being in a relationship with someone who knows you very well, it's very interesting because they will say things like, I'm sending you this link, but I know you're not going to like it. But I just wanted to make sure. And they'll know the things you don't like. 
So he sent me the first link to a bike, and it was fine, except it had brown handles and a brown seat. <laughs> and he's like, you don't like it, do you, because of the brown? I was like, I don't like it because of the brown. Oh, you. Um, and then he got more of a, like, heavier-duty bike. It's not uh, It's not like a mountain bike, but basically I think you could do some, I guess, off-roading with it. It's got, like, a cow catcher a on the front. Here, so. Yeah. Um, and then I got an entire set of new towels. So I have been wanting, we've had the same red towels for years at this point. Kate, you don't have to justify your towel purchases to me. I, <laughs> or the I do. I have to justify them to everyone because my poor brain is telling me I didn't really need to buy a full set of new towels. But at the same time, they were 25% off. There you go. Are you just lighting up Wish? Is that what you're doing? No. No. It, this was uh, Yisk, the, like, oh, yes. Ikea. Yes, yes. That's, that's enough. Like that's enough. Now. No free clout. No free clout. I was just curious if you were. You, you've gone on record for Wish before. I just wanted to make sure whether or not you were yeah. out there just, like, getting your free deals every day or whatever. I still don't know how Wish works, but. It's it's a very weird game system, but also the problem with Wish is things take, like, five months. Like, you're like, <laughs> you have no idea when you're getting it. I ordered something from Wish that I was like, oh, I'm not going to get it till May, and it came last week. And it's a delightful surprise when it comes. <laughs> it's just, you know, you have no idea. So, bikes, towels, anything else exciting? Seeds. Seats, jeez, okay. We're <laughs> no, no more stories about what Kate's buying. <laughs> Some magic beans. I actually, I planted, my grandma had these scarlet runner beans in her backyard from years ago. And she, like, saved some seeds. And so I'm trying to plant and grow these scarlet runner beans. We'll see how it goes. Hey, what what better time to pick right? up to pick I up mean, gardening? I do have work. And as someone I, I who also is working right now points out, it's hard to be out here when people are like, what are you doing with your time? And you're like, the same thing I was basically doing before. Um, but work is slowing down. So I made a crack about taking a two-hour lunch. That's not entirely not true. Um, there's definitely some, like, I'll check on emails after lunch, like, but I'll that, probably go for a walk. After a, point, you're just, after a point, you're just checking on emails, right? Like, and making yeah. sure you reply to them in a timely fashion. Exactly. And even work, like, the the uh, president of the college has said, like, you should get out and enjoy the weather for your mental health. And, like, they're supporting people in, like, working sort of different hours to help them cope like if you want to get outside and it's nice from like 12 to 2 do that just either make up the time or make sure your work gets done or so everyone's being very flexible um whereas and my work like i'm doing emails but there's no projects there's nothing i'm working on that has a deadline um whereas red handman friend of the show um is a writer and also works um in editing and doing other work like that where she has a deadline. There's still deadlines, yeah. You know, this thing needs to be done in two days. This thing needs to be done in a week. So it's a very different world when you have deadlines because things have – and she's, she works at home. That's what she was doing beforehand. Yeah. So for her, it's not changed that much. 
Um, I don't like working at home, as I've talked about before. I just am not as productive. I get distracted very easily. For her more, so she's very much a social butterfly. So she's having trouble with the, okay, so it's after work. I can't go hang out with friends. <laughs> I'm slowly going crazy. My thing was always, I have people who are like, are you getting any writing done? Or are you working on anything? You know, my, my dad called this week and he was asking me that. And I mean, for me, it was always, I needed to go out. Like I was a library slash workspace slash, you know, coffee shop person, right? Like I couldn't, right. one, just kind of the ambient noise of the activity around me. I always, you know, kind of lulled me into focus and as well, just like, you know, all my stuff is here and I can't, you know, watch pornography in public. Like, you know, just <laughs> no, no procrastinating at the cafe. Like <laughs> amazing. I've never heard that before, but I'm using it. I think that's a Mark. It's a Mark Maronism. Uh -huh. Where it's just like, I'm stressed out about this, man. I don't want to do this right now. And I'm stressed. What am I going to do? Well, see you in 10 minutes. Um, yeah. Can't, can't do any of that, uh, at the you know local Jimmy's coffee shop, but I can't go to the local Jimmy's coffee shop. So it's just like, uh, let me just, you know, uh, do some odd jobs on GTA for three hours and see how that goes. Um, so as we've been charting the weeks, you kind of led up to this. Um, and it's interesting because, um, we apparently are entering the e-commerce stage of the quarantine. Yes. Cause, uh, friends, if you're new, this week has, uh, been rougher than usual on your mans. Number one, my sleep schedule is starting to get affected. Um, staying up a little later than I would like and thus sleeping later than I would like. It's not like I'm not getting enough sleep, but before I was still pretty good about like, you know, 11, 1130, go to bed, get up around, you know, 637, still have like a full decent day that way. Now it's like, eh, I kind of go down around two, maybe get up around 10 or oh, 11, no. college, no. college type schedule. And it's like, oh, I don't like this at all. Cause also, you know, I had been not thriving, but at least like managing myself, being able to do whatever I had to do bright and early. Like if I was making a grocery run or essentials runner or whatever, I would get out, be there right when they open, in and out before, like, anyone else. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to the, you know, the Loblaws at 2 in the afternoon. Like, so yeah. when I wake up at 11, it's like, well, there there goes that idea. What do we have around here to eat? Like, because <laughs> we're living on tuna and oranges today. Also, hitting a little hard because I should not be here. And this is what you'll keep hearing about for the next two to three episodes and maybe forever friends maybe forever um no because you are gonna go sure bless at least i got my airbnb money back um and i'm on my um for the next four months at least i'm on that sweet uh that sweet trudeau money bless you justin what what did i see it was like a tweet where it was like you know canada do you need some money it's like, yes, please. That would really help. It's like, okay, click this box on the website. It'll be in your account in two days. Awesome. The U.S. You want some money? Yeah, that'd be great. Cool. Uh, fire a slingshot at these balloons as they go by. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, and maybe you'll what, hit one. What's, what's been weird about the news is, so if you go, if you look up, like, news and you go to, like, CBC, which is the national news site, or National Post, there, it's, it's, I mean, it's obviously all COVID-19. That's mm. not a surprise. 
So you slog through the COVID-19 news. Usually it's about like how many new infected, deaths, recoveries, um, and, and about, uh, you know, about the world internationally, how they're doing, how the U.S. is doing or not doing, um, the differences in how people are hand like nationally, how people are handling the, the virus. Um, and then, though, you go past it and it's still terrible. It's like, you know, two people shot, somebody like, like nothing to do with COVID. It's just, you're just like, there's still all the terrible news to get through, Um, which is a weird experience. So sometimes I just like skip the COVID news to get to the regular terrible news (laughs) and then go on. Manage your emotional Um, bandwidth however you feel you need to, friends. Yeah, the other thing, weird thing I'm finding is that the news is saying things almost accusingly at the government that we already know, or they're asking questions they have no answer to. So it's, it'll be like a headline like, you know, how are we going to recover? Nobody knows. <laughs> or why aren't they giving us all the information? Because they don't know. Or... Um, you know, trying to um, evaluate, like, how long it's going to be isn't accurate. Yeah, we know. Like, it's almost like common sense stuff that they're trying to make sensationalized. (laughs) And I'm sort of like, yeah, we know that they probably should have started earlier. We know that... I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot. They're they're trying to find um, bad guys in this story, in the story of like COVID nineteen, and that's really hard to do. But they're still they're still managing it. Like they're still making this like bad guys versus good guys, or or you know, making it seem like the government isn't trying its hardest. I don't know. I just find it very strange. I don't think it's helpful. Well, the one I saw was um, um it was. Right when the, uh, so, uh, international listeners, uh, the like, you know, emergency stimulus, whatever is the Canadian emergency response benefit or CERB. Um, and when the CERB applications opened up, I think it was the Toronto star tried to put up some like, you know, star investigation. It's like people are getting CERB money, whether they're like entitled, whether they're, you know, they're just approving everything, whether they're eligible or not. It's like, yeah, cause they just want to get the money out and they'll square up later. Like, calm down Toronto star. Like. Yeah, exactly. Like, what were you? What did you want us to do? Did you want to sit around for three months while they do their due diligence on every application that comes through? Yeah. Do you want them to do everybody to do a three-page checklist because they're not going to have time to look through it all anyway? So, what people have to wait an extra two weeks before they can get money? I mean, there are people who didn't get their you know last paycheck, depending on where they worked, right? So they've been out of money for weeks. Um, which is this, it's the situation that senior correspondent and I were in because of this, the type of work he does. Because he's a he's a contractor. If he doesn't work, he doesn't get paid. Right. Right. Like so, there was no extra money waiting for for two weeks while we waited. I we had to dip into our savings, which thank God we have. Yeah. Because I don't know what we would have done without it. But yeah. So I it, that is getting kind of frustrating. This sort of like, you know, um, I think at times there it is okay, obviously, to question 
and to ask why certain things are the way they are. But I feel like a lot of the time they're really just showing one side of an argument. And again, I don't think that helps anyone. I think it's always good to ask questions and it's always good to keep people accountable. Um, but there's also this story about how the the way, again, for if you're not from Canada, the way our government works is we have obviously our prime minister and then we have premiers who run our provinces. State, go- basically, state governors, basically. Sorry? It's the Canadian yeah, equivalent of state governors. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the there is this thing that they've been batting around called – I actually don't remember what it's called. It's like the emergency uh, – emergency Canadian emergency like plan or something where it would give the prime minister a bunch of power that that office usually doesn't have. Yeah, yeah it's the same thing. Um, it's, it's the same thing our current PM's uh, father used in – hasn't been used since the part uh, – what the hell were they called? FLQ, whatever. Yes. When, when the French were setting off bombs in Quebec or whatever, were threatening to set off bombs. Um, yes. Trudeau, the senior – They had like – you invoke yeah, this to, had, like, put it on lockdown? Yeah, they had martial law, basically. It was um, – and a lot of – you know, there's a lot of criticism of that. But basically, the the prime minister is like, I don't want to use this, but he's just – they're just checking in with the premiers. Yeah. And the premiers are like – some of them are kind of like, no, like, basically, he has to get approval from the premier. From all of them. They're making this, like, big story out of it. Like, they're pushing to use it. And literally, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister, has said, I don't want to use this. He's, he, he doesn't because he doesn't want to be known as the prime minister who had to, like, invoke this emergency act or whatever it's oh, called. Especially when the um, only other one who did but, is his father. But. Yeah, exactly. And that probably makes it even worse. So he's been asking and I think it's okay to communicate and ask that. And, and, but the newspapers are trying to make like this big story out of it. And I'm like, you can't make a big story out of him asking. Like you could, you could talk about what it is and the process, but anyways, so it's just been something interesting I've picked up on. And it's probably because I've been reading so much news lately um, and seeing so many of the same stories put out by different news agencies you know what it sounds like to me kate um, you know what it sounds like to me what it sounds like you're just too trusting of the government and somebody needs to open their third eye that's what it sounds like to me my third eye yes right yeah <laughs> well friends it's, i hope you enjoyed that sidebar into kate's media takeout moment <laughs> all that is to say Basically, go ahead if you work in newspaper media like just just be better just like give us all the information we can't handle all the information, Kate. That's why you got. That's why you got to go on deep Facebook to find it. Well, they pushed for the information from the Ontario government to be like release the numbers. They released the numbers, and then a bunch of people were like, "Those numbers are too high. You're just guessing." And they're like, "Yes, that's what we said. That's why we didn't want to release." That's what a the model is, dumbass. Yeah. All it is to say, to double back, fifteen minutes ago. <laughs> I ain't supposed yeah. to be here. I am supposed to be in Japan. And that's why this week has been uh, doubly hard for me because I will have moments where I'll just be like making my second pot of coffee for the day and think, what would I be doing today? Hmm. Well, that sucks. And I mean, I don't feel that bad about it because there's no way it was ever going to happen. I said to Kate before we started recording, there are like a million moving parts 
when all this started happening that affected the trip that like if one of them had not if one tumbler had not fallen into the luck exactly the way it did it could have been a much different scenario like if things hadn't blown up as much as they had here when they did and they didn't lock down you know international travel as soon as they did in canada i very well could have been there and now that the olympics are off the table japan's kind of like yeah, I guess we don't have to lie anymore. And suddenly the numbers are rocketing up and they've invoked a state of emergency. Like it, I could have ended up there having a wonderful two week stay in an Airbnb and not being able to leave. Like that's what could have happened. And it didn't. So, I mean, and I still have most of the money I saved for it. But Kate. Yeah. You knew, you knew once this week hit, your boy was going to be feeling it. Yeah. And your boy was going to have to uh, take the edge off a little bit, off of his disappointment. And you knew there was only one place he was going to do that, especially once that Trudeau money came in. Oh, no. Just guess. Just guess what? How much? Guess how much money I spent on Discogs this week. I'm going to go wild. I'm going to pay $500. You ain't that far off. Factor in exchange and shipping. So, yes, 400 Oh, oh. For oh. nine records, I think. Oh, that's not too bad. Which I here here was the problem. So at first I was just like, I'ma get I'ma get a grail. Fuck it, I'ma get a grail. Not getting spacey by Tatsura Yamashita. I can't bring myself to do that. Um that's a have to get that when I'm there. I refuse to buy that record anywhere but a store in Japan. Um there's other one I started feeling about, and there are like three copies. It's just got this wicked boogie song on it. It's real kind of like, it's a real, like, real heads no type of record, which is ridiculous to say for Japanese boogie records. But it's like, there were three copies on Discogs. It was a promo only. I don't think it, like, ever got actually commercially released. Um, it's just promo copies floating around. And one of the sellers I saw was a store I follow on Instagram. So it's like, okay, reliable. Start digging through their stuff. They had a couple others. And for, like, two weeks... I had this cart on Discogs, like, thinking I would pull pull the trigger on it, but, like, checking the um, the exchange rate right now is terrible. It still ain't great, but it's been on the come up a little bit. Um, right. And then I don't even know how I got onto this other seller site. That's what it was. I started following another – Instagram is what always kills me. I started following another seller uh, on Instagram, and they were posting – anime style records i've like never seen anywhere before and one of them was either i don't know if it's the soundtrack to a aerobics dance anime or just like something to teach you aerobics dance (laughs) it doesn't matter does it it does not matter the artwork slaps and it's got amazing boogie funk on it and i'm like i've never even seen that before let me try and see what that going for on discogs i search it up there's one copy that's like $40, 35 bucks, I think. And, you know, Discogs will do that very helpful thing where it's like, you know, available from this seller. Has 15 items on your want list. Well, that's great. Oh, my God. Let me see what they got. And I start digging through it. I didn't get, I got, um, I like, I, I was the meme of that woman doing calculus because it's like, oh, I have three records from the first seller. <laughs> But if I move this one to here, if I don't buy it from him and I buy this record instead, and then this new seller, if I buy that that record from him, and then that's a little cheaper and blah, blah, blah. And then I made the mistake 
of clicking. I, I got on the actual like website, which has more filters and I switched it to a stage and screen and then sorted price low to high. Oh no. And suddenly $2 and $5 1980s anime soundtracks were just flying in my cart, Kate. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So wait, so, but if they're $2 and $8, how many records did you end up buying? Um, like I said, I'll hold, hold on. I can verify this for you. Run, I'll run through some of these for the listeners because I know they care. This is also why I'm, you know, asking for a handout for the Final Fantasy remake. <laughs> People are like, just buy it. And I'm like, I, but I just spent $400. Talk to me when that uh, next Trudeau check comes, though. Oh, no. Also important to note, we finished the, um, the audit and clean of my entire collection. Right. We finished that. <laughs> Probably another reason why I got depressed cuz my one my one long task was over. Um we're not going to guess the value cuz Discogs is very helpful about that. We'll let you know like here's the estimated value of your collection based on, you know, what every record in your collection like goes for in the marketplace. Oh man. Yeah. You're like rolling in it, aren't you? Um that depends. Um, it's, I mean, it's a down payment of a house in a small town. If I got the top value of it. Right. Right. Um, where are my purchases? So from, from Estacio records who, I mean, shouts to them within 24 hours, this shit was shipped, which I was That's very, impressive. very impressed by. Um, so yeah, I got the, uh, I got the street scandal by, Mariko Ashibe, which is the, the promo one. That was the most expensive record. I also, they had a cheap copy of a uh, classic city pop synth banger, uh, Oceanside by Momoko Kikuchi. You've seen the cover to this. It's the, like the very blue horizon cover with like a woman lying uh, on her back in the ocean. And just clouds right. off in the distance. I mean, fuck for the cover alone, $13. Hell yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I just started going. So that was two, and then three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, there were nine records in total. Uh, I got six from this seller. The the ones that were not super cheap, like I said, the uh, the Dancing Generation, the one that's going to teach me how to do aerobics. Um, yeah. That that one was like 40 bucks. Two that I took off um, from the original seller and moved to this seller was... Uh, Mint by Meiko Nakahara. And the soundtrack to Cat's Eye. Y'all remember I was talking about Cat's Eye. Cat's Eye a while ago. Yeah. Got the soundtrack to that. Fuck yeah. Uh, Some album called Do For Loving, which I see cheap. cheap. Basically, the real, like, you know, self-medication aspect was when I started buying these cheapies. Like, when I just started seeing cheapos and, like, dollar bin type stuff. And I was like, the Cat's Eye soundtrack was 10 bucks. This... Do for loving. I don't even know her name because it's in kanji. That was ten dollars. And then like records I've seen on like other Instagram accounts and shit, like that were like the most expensive one was six dollars. Um, two soundtracks from Zabungle. The I'm sorry. The what? Zabungle. Like like it's it's one word. It starts with an X. X A Bungle. Okay. Um, which is apparently a giant robot anime by the guy who invented Gundam. 
and uh, Super Dimension something Orgus, which I've seen floating around on Instagram accounts as well. Um, because the other thing with anime soundtracks, you either get you got to be careful, friends. These are some put a, I'll put some sort of drop in here, put a ding drop in here because these are gems for you, friends. If you're ever going out there and you decide you want to get into this insane, stupid hobby. Um, with the anime soundtracks, you got to be careful because sometimes, and I got, I've been burned by this on my Lupin soundtracks, you get story albums, which is like 90% talking and like one song at the beginning and the end. So you got to be careful. You don't want to get those. Or they also have these things called no. image albums, which are like... You know how soundtracks used to say music from and inspired by, you know, the motion picture Twilight? Where there'd be, like, all this yeah. music that, like, wasn't in the movie, but it was, like, inspired by? So the reason I even know Zabungle is because there are the soundtracks, and then there's something that I see on, like, you know, Crate Digger sites called Dancing Zabungle. And, like, the cover is, like, a drawing of, like, all the characters in a disco. It's a, quote, image album, but it's just, like, boogie tracks inspired by the an- this giant robot anime amazing it's way more expensive than <laughs> any of the others so uh put a put a pin in dancing zabungle we'll get to that later but yeah uh some of them are already on the way and uh that's how i soothe myself this week um i will tell you the quick story of how i wanted to soothe myself by buying cheap books <laughs> so say the bikes didn't soothe you enough oh god no um <laughs> I'm not even going to get into the Lush purchase, but anyways. Um, hey, listen, so, you got to hydrate your fucking, you got lotion is mandatory. My fucking wrists are like. It is mandatory. I have a giant jar of coconut oil and I'm waiting for my Lush oh, stuff because I'm getting all flaky and dry. I got coconut oil. Should I switch cool. to coconut oil? Sorry? Should I switch to coconut oil? I have coconut oil. What, I, got a cu- I got a couple you, lotions around, using? but. Like just I got I mean, like some depends. Vaseline lotion and some Aesop lotion that I use, and it's supposed to be like good, but still, I, still dry. I like the coconut oil on my skin. Some people are like, eh, it's not the best stuff, but I really like it. Makes it nice and smooth. I can mm. do as much or as little as I want. Um, I don't know. Co- I, coconut I, oil, y'all. Maybe I'll switch it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cheap books. So, and also, my body has a large surface area, Jesus so I really, you know, I gotta do something that's a little more economical. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so I had gone on to, I was looking up a couple of sites that had, it was like, um, like cheapbooks.ca, or, you know, it's bargain books, or they've really marked them down, and basically they try and um, work in volume. As opposed to, and they have like online stores as opposed to having a, a brick and mortar store. Mm-hmm. But they, they sell cheap books. And sometimes they're discounted like 25%, and sometimes they're discounted like 75%. Depends on, and they don't have everything, right? That's, you just got to look. So I was looking at all these Canadian ones, I was being very careful. And then I slipped up, and I had like, oh, 10 books in my cart. And I was like, great, yeah, this isn't too bad. Like, this is actually really well-priced, and then when it asked me where I was shipping to, and it gave me almost the exact same amount as the books I had in my cart for well, yeah, shipping. We don't need to talk about the shipping on the on the set, on the the set 9 record package. We don't need to talk about that. But No, and, and then also I realized it said in USD, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, no, 
And I had spent like at least an hour and a half looking through books and I was devastated. So then I like slunk off to Libby to see what I could get at the library. Sorry, hold on. I'm just seeing a relatively cheap copy of Dancing Zabungle on Discogs <laughs> from, from a seller I know. Stop it. Enjoy the records. Fuck I'm just going to I'm gonna enjoy my bike. I'm going to enjoy my the... bike and, and read what I have on my bookshelf already. It's got the Obi, Kate, and I know this guy. I follow him on Insta. <laughs> He's Australian. Oh, my God. We've lost him, folks. We've lost him. No, I'm back because, God, it's been like 45 minutes. We haven't talked about anything geeky yet. Um, uh, we always are talking about geeky stuff. We are geeks. So let's get into uh, updates or what we've been soothing soothing our quarantine souls with. I'm right, not, I I'm got not, my list. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. This also doubles as news, I guess. Um Although not really, because when we recorded last week, WrestleMania had been broken into two parts. They had done night one by the time we recorded. They were starting night two as we were recording last week. So I had not seen the Firefly Funhouse match between John Cena and the Fiend Bray Wyatt yet. Okay. And I knew friends go back and listen to me talk about the Boneyard match last week and the idea of cinematic wrestling, um, which is much more quote-unquote filmic. Whereas the Boneyard match was basically like, you know, a cheesy action movie. I am choosing this word deliberately. The Firefly Funhouse match was art, Kate. Not like it was, it a, was art. Not like it was a Fellini film, but like it had subtext and symbolism and like you would have to go back. I don't know. I said to Kate I was, uh, over Facebook like 10 minutes after I watched it, I was like, I want you to see this so bad, but it will make no sense to you if I'm not there explaining everything that's happening. Because it was basically like if Dan Harmon wrote a wrestling match about John Cena and his character and his career. Right. Because the storyline going into the match was Bray Wyatt was always this guy who had a lot of promise um, in the company, he came in as this kind of like Southern Florida Everglades cult leader, um, with the Wyatt family. It was an amazing gimmick. I still think the OG Wyatt family is one of my favorite like wrestling gimmicks of all time. Um, you know, he had the fucking straw fedora and like the palm tree shirt, you know, type of thing <laughs> and the khakis and the beard, you know, it's kind of be looking down and smiling sinisterly type thing with this like, you know, reverb guitar strum would happen and he had these three other like burly hillbilly like looking guys with him um it was it was amazing i loved it and then he's gone through all these changes where they didn't quite know what to do with him and at one point he was going to have a match with john cena uh th three years ago six years ago fuck i don't remember how long it was but a lot of people thought this was going to be bray wyatt's like you know move into the main event he was going to win over john cena and, you know, now he was going to be this, you know, main eventer. He was really going to become, move up to the next level type of thing. And John Cena beats him. John Cena's right. booked to beat him. And there was all this scuttlebutt at the time that John Cena didn't want to, you know, quote unquote, didn't want to put Bray Wyatt over. John Cena at this point was already kind of getting ragged on by the fans for quote unquote Super Cena, the second coming of Hogan, the five moves of doom. He beats everybody. He buries everybody. Nobody can get over if you're in a match with Cena. 
Um, he politics, he puts himself over, et cetera, et cetera. And when Cena came back, um, he comes, he comes back and cuts this. This is when they still had the matches. Like the shows were still in front of crowds. Um, he came out and he said, you know, he hadn't been around for a while. He's in like the fucking fast and furious movies. Now he's like, you know, he's making his Hollywood transition. His, his career is pretty much, you know, 90% behind him at this point. And he comes out and he's saying, you know, a lot of people are wondering what I'm going to do at WrestleMania, but you know, I think it's for the, uh, I think that show was for the guys who are here week in and week out. You know, I don't, I don't need to be taking a spot from one of those guys. So I will not be at WrestleMania. The fiend comes out, challenges them. Here we go. Um, sorry. The version of Bray Wyatt now is this like schizophrenic, like Mr. Rogers slash Scott right. Snyder's the Joker. You, you showed me that stuff. Yes. So it was on, terrifying. <laughs> so on the one hand, you'll have Bray Wyatt where he hosts the Firefly Funhouse, which is a kids show, and there are all these puppets and shit. And then when yeah. he when he like, you know the most malicious part of his personality is the fiend where he puts on this, like, you know, skin mask, which is clearly based on Scott Snyder's and Greg Capullo's Joker version from like five years ago or whatever. Um, and they've booked him kind of as like, you know, an impervious, you know, you know, character. Like he takes, he doesn't sell. He's kind of like early undertaker, right? Where undertaker would always like, you know, sit up like he, nothing had hurt him type of thing. That's kind of how Bray Wyatt's been booked. And another interesting thing that I don't even know if it was planned, but people kind of noticed is like how people would kind of characters would kind of subtly change after being beaten by the fiend. His first major feud was with the guy Seth Rollins. Seth Ryan, Seth Rollins ends up doing a heel turn shortly after that. Um, right. Daniel Bryan was kind of the long-haired hippie uh, before he fought the fiend, and after he fought the fiend, he kind of reverted back into his like American Dragon, like early indie career, like. He cut his hair, he trimmed his beard, and now he does much more of, like, a grappling-type style like he did early in his career. Um, so what are we going to do with John Cena? John Cena cuts his promo, like, beforehand where he acknowledges what people said about, you know, how he, like, you know, didn't put Bray Wyatt over and how, like, basically he says, you know, at WrestleMania 36, I'm going to end the career of the most overhyped, you know, entitled superstar that's ever been in this business. And by the time you finish this match, you realize he was talking about himself. <laughs> oh, shit. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> what a twist. Um, what a twist. What a twist. Because it's like, it's not a match. It's basically like these little scenes and vignettes where like, it's Bray Wyatt deconstructing John Cena's entire career. John Cena is like wearing the trunks and, you know, boots from his first appearance in 2003 or whenever. Um poking fun at that like iconic moment from when he challenged Kurt Angle his first time ever on the show through to his like, you know, freestyle rap dick, you know, where he was in, in retrospect, he was a fucking bully and all he did was make dick jokes and, you know, call dudes gay and shit like that. And like, you know, the worst elements of like wrestling appealing to the worst elements of wrestling fandom, but that's how he got over. Right. right. Um, and then at one point, the moment where I was like, Oh, we're on some next level shit is it was twofold then they did a bit where it was like saturday night's main event from the 80s and john cena was just like doing these bicep curls like super fast until he like couldn't move his arms anymore and then it cuts right. to this the firefly funhouse has always had this um puppet of vince mcmahon 
Amazing. And while he's doing that, it cuts to like this buzzard puppet and the Vince McMahon puppet at a commentary desk, and the McMahon puppet goes, "Oh, this is great shit." <laughs> I'm like, "What the fuck?" And then it cuts to like, I don't know. It might have been in the, uh, I don't know when it was, but at one point Bray Wyatt is like, you know, talking to John Cena about all his failures and this and that, and whatever. And he goes, you can look, but you can't touch. Which is like John Cena's ex-girlfriend's theme music, Nikki Bella. Like, they almost got married. Like, Right. And it was kind of like they were getting married as a work. Like, kind of like as part of a program. And, like, they were also on the fucking reality show and shit like that. So just that that was acknowledged, I was like, oh, my God. And then they went on this other thing where it was like, I don't know if you really know about the NWO and from WCW and the Hulk Hogan heel turn, one of the most like iconic things in the history of wrestling. Cause yeah, I saw that in, I think it was a documentary you gave me. Probably Hulk Hogan had been like a quote unquote baby face for his entire career. And him turning heel was like just shockwaves through wrestling at the time in the nineties. And we always wanted John Cena to do a heel turn. He had always been a babyface. He'd never really been the heel. And you right. know, fans like me were like, who remembered him from like the battle rap guy, were like, he, he'd be so cool as a heel. Like, I'd love to see that. But he never did because he sold too many t-shirts to kids. So they did this scene where suddenly it's WCW Nitro. And John Cena comes out in an NWO shirt, like strumming the belt like like a guitar like Hogan used to do. And, like, they're basically doing, like, what if John Cena went heel type of thing. Um, right. To the present day, where Cena, like, he's, like, beating on Bray in the middle of this, like, darkened ring. And then it, like, cuts, but it's not Bray. It's one of the puppets and all the fiends behind him. And the fiend, like, gives his little, like, you know, finisher to John Cena. And John Cena's just lying there. Oh, no. The fiend covers him. Bray Wyatt comes out and does the count. <laughs> For the, th- for the three count, the fiend gets up and, like, poses as the, like, screeching music or whatever plays. And then John Cena disappears out of the ring. And that was the match. <laughs> what a madhouse. Yeah. It was fucking incredible. Like, I've never seen anything like it in wrestling at all. Like, it was as good as anything. Everybody loves the Matt Hardy shit he used to do back in the day for being wild. But this was, like... And shouts to fucking A, Bray Wyatt, who I'm sure had most of the ideas here. And for John Cena just being willing to go with it. Like... Right. And do whatever. Well, what a, what a, I know you have a very, like, it's a very interesting thing because you have a very, obviously a love of wrestling, but you also expect stuff out of wrestling. And you have a very, um, I don't know, refined taste in wrestling. I'm going to put it that way. Um, I, like the meta you, sh- I like the meta shit about it. How how do I'm gonna put it this way, and I, I don't mean it to be insulting at all, but how do the regular fans? How did they like it? I mean, when you dip into like you know, because I would like um you know the 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 official Instagram account would like post something. They posted a clip of like the John Cena NWO stuff on their Instagram account, and I was like, fuck, let me just check the uh, let me check the comments here and just see what they think. And it's mostly supportive i think but there are still people who are like that ruined wrestling that was so stupid like blah 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 it was like at a time when you can't have a proper match because you can't have an audience like given that that's what we're dealing with yeah go fucking buck wild with it and do this weird shit i'm all i am all for that but yeah i'd never seen anything like the firefly funhouse i don't know if the whole thing i'm sure if you look on some of your jankier uh less 
diligent streaming services. Um, you can find that in its entirety on there, but yeah, unlike anything I'd ever seen and, um, look up, I can't remember the dude's name, but it's, it's up wrestling coverage. They had like a, a 4,500 word breakdown of the entire match and everything that was happening on it. That was really That's kind cool. of, uh, that was really kind of amazing. So anyway, that, that was my 15 minute detour. Kate, what have you been watching? Um, so as I promised, I watched Miss Fisher and Ms. the Crypt Fisher, Spears. yes. Um, and it was okay. It's kind of what I heard. I think the Mary Sue had a tweet, like reviewed it and had a tweet that was basically like, you know, it's it's fine. <laughs> it's more Miss yeah, Fisher. Yeah, and there, like, there were moments I, I didn't like, and there were moments that I did like. Um, and I, you know, part of me wishes that they could have done it. I mean, it was nice that they had gone and they had this cool, almost like mummy vibe to, like the mummy, the, the movie yes. vibe um, to the ep- to the or the movie. But I almost wish that it had taken place in Australia with the cast, especially if this is their last sort of voyage out together. Though maybe they're hoping to do more episodes or more seasons or movies or something like that. But anyways, it was all right. Um, it had the like fun corniness, um, and you know it, I like puzzles and mysteries, and it definitely had that. Boy, do she! Um, and it had fabulous outfits as usual, which is very important for Miss Fisher. <laughs> um, thanks to my mum, I have deeply gotten into the show Shetland. I don't even know. Is, I've never heard of this until this moment. That it is a uh, cop show. Uh, police procedural set on the island of Shetland, or the islands of Shetland, rather. Which, which is, is where? Um, it is, so if you go to the north of Scotland, and then you take a ferry for 12 hours. Oh, Lord, what? You get to the islands of Shetland. What? It's freezing fucking cold there all the time. It's always windy, um, and but it's beautiful. <laughs> so this, is like, this is travel um, porn for you, basically. Yeah. <laughs> And also, they have a lot of, it's a, definitely a huge mix of, of Scottish, but also, obviously, of Viking, or, you know, mm. uh, that type of culture and region influence there as well. You'll get a lot of, like, mixed names. It'll be, like, Freya Macintosh. Like, this <laughs> is definitely this very interesting cultural mix, but Viking culture and history plays a huge part. Mm. Um and anyways, it's just, it's really fascinating, the episodes where he has to handle a murder investigation without the resources, where you can't get reception on cell phones, so you have to, like, ask the neighbors to, like, use their phone. <laughs> um, they had an episode where they had to set up uh, on one of the other remote islands called the Fair Island, or Fair Island. Um, they had to go, and they don't have a police station there or police. So they have to take a ferry or a plane there, and then they have to set up in the town hall for their, like, I guess the operations room, they call it, when they have an investigation. So it, that kind of stuff is really, really interesting, and the, and the characters are great. Um, I'm on season three right now, and, and season one was only two episodes, but it was um, a continuation. Mm. And then season two was a series of um, three two-parters. So each one was an hour, um, which was really interesting. I really liked. Third season, I'm not liking as much, 
but I still like the characters and the, the stories and, and the investigation part is really interesting. It's just the, the character arcs I'm not liking as much. And they've gone to Glasgow for some things. Um, and I really like Shetland as it's... Shetland is part of the character of the series. Um, and I kind of am missing that with them being in Glasgow. Anyways, it's just... it's. It's a really great police procedural, if you like those. Um, and again, the characters are really interesting. Um, and apparently, third season is its weakest. So I'm hoping when I move on to fourth and fifth season, it'll be really good again. Where, where, again, where can the people find this? Um, you can find it on Netflix okay. and on BritBox. Though this is very weird. On Netflix, they seem to be missing... They seem to be missing... Episode, oh, no, 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 sorry. On BritBox, they're they're missing season three, um, which I find very strange. And I think Netflix is missing a later season that BritBox has. <laughs> because I have both, I can sort of, like, bridge this gap. Besides those two, I'm sure you can find on the high seas. <laughs> the great thing about it is it's not it's, – it's a little bit older, but they are coming out with new seasons. So I'm not behind this time. I'm not like 10 years behind everybody else. <laughs> After Shetland, I am, of course, still enjoying the great Jessica Fletcher and Murder, She Wrote. Of course. Um, and because I have BritBox, I can get the, I'm getting the newest season of Father Brown, <laughs> which has been a delight as usual. Harley Quinn season two. Oh, fuck. Did that start? Started. Yep. The, I mean, it just dropped the first episode. It might have dropped the second episode now. Oh. We watched the first episode, which was as gory. I'm always, I forget how gory it is. And then <laughs> I'm just delighted when somebody gets chopped in half. Wow. Or someone like has their arm cut off or their head or their body's been mutilated. Like I just, I forget how much I enjoy that. Well, I'll have to get to that. Um, I have watched... Two Disney's. I rewatched Tangled for the like fifth time. <laughs> really underrated Disney film. I just have to say. And I watched the live action Aladdin. How was that? Um, it was okay. Uh, Don't you lie to me. No, it was. It there were actually some things I liked. I think Will Smith in some parts did a, a great job. Um, the care the actors they picked for Jasmine and Aladdin were fantastic. They were absolutely superb. I was disappointed in Jafar um, and the Sultan. And the Sultan was okay. Like, he doesn't play a huge part. But, of course, the original Sultan was just so silly and pudgy and delightful. Um, And then Iago was voiced by Alan Tudyk. But there's definitely something missing without what's-his-face. Gilbert Gottfried? Yeah, that's the one. So yeah, and of course, without Robin Williams being there, you're, you're, you've missed something. But we have found with the live-action Disney's, there is definitely they have a villain problem. The villains are not. Um, a lot of people have talked about or written essays about the villains in a lot of Disney being gay coded, yes, or being like fabulous. There's this fabulousness that is missing from the villains. Um, definitely in The Lion King. Like, I love AG4, but he had nothing on Jeremy Irons. This same thing. I don't know who the voice actor for Jafar is, but he brought such a, like, presence 
to the character. And this Jafar was just, eh, it's okay. Um, so that's missing. But there were, they did some really interesting things with the film. They changed it enough. Um, some of the songs, one of the songs I wish they could have got rid of, and then a couple of the others, it actually, it was either comparably good or in some places even better, um, which was, I, was a surprise. Um, because the live action Lion King was just, music-wise, was just okay. Um, and then, otherwise, I for I have never downloaded Steam before, and I recently downloaded Steam. Shit, so that I can look, play games with people. Look out. Um, and the game I played with friend of the show, Jacqueline, recently was, I can't remember if it was Overcooked or Overcooked 2, but basically, you're this tiny chef. I was a raccoon in a wheelchair. I don't know. That um, you're a chef and you have to work together to make orders. I think I've heard of this. It's like team cooking mama kind of, right? Like Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, and But they have like one of them. It, you're basically on two trucks side by side. And you have to like, you can only cross over if the trucks are beside each other. Otherwise, you fall into the road and you die. The last one we did, was you're on an iceberg that's, like, tipping. So you'll, like, fall off the side. Um, one of them, it's basically the, the floor, like, changes so you can't get past at certain points. Like, they're basically, they're partly puzzle, partly operational thinking games. Um, one of the problems is I haven't played a video game on a computer for a very long time. So trying to figure out how to control things with my keyboard <laughs> was wild. I was like, oh, man, maybe I should just, like, play some World of Warcraft to get back into the groove. Um, but it was actually a lot of fun, though very stress-inducing because you have a time limit. limit. Um, and, of course, I played more D&D on um, Roll20. Roll20. Yep, and that has been very good. If you have any interest in playing D&D, uh, with people, definitely use Roll20. It's a great system. It makes it very easy to do. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what I've been up to, which I think is pretty good. Yeah, it's definitely a much more fuller selection than you've had uh, in recent weeks. Now, now that the full quarantine life's starting to starting to hit you. Yeah. Shouts to Shetland. Uh, what have I been getting into besides? Um, we talked before about the idea of like wallpaper shows or videos, like just like, especially when you live alone, like, you know, back in the day, I would just have like G4 on in the background perennially, you know, that a G4 only had like a four hour programming block. So it was like, Oh, this episode of X play again at four in the afternoon. <laughs> um, right. Just so like something was going all day. Um, Given that I don't have proper, like, you know, broadcast television on in my home, you have to find something to fill that need. And uh, definitely, definitely Simpsons reruns on, on the old D-plus have just been filling that need. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love that. You just pick a sweet spot of that and let it ride for, for a few hours. Um, also, I've really been falling into holes of, so, friends, you know about my waifu world games and how my fascination with them also extends to the quote unquote seiyu culture. That is voice actress culture, voice actor culture yeah. in Japan and all of the weird promotional um, type stuff that they have to do <laughs> that goes along with this. And uh, there are a lot of dedicated uh, YouTube accounts that just uh, subtitle some of these 
So I just end up on one of these channels and just watch videos of um, just weird promotional talk shows that the voice actresses from Bang Dream or Love Life have to do. Because they had the anniversary. It's what, it's uh, Bang Dream's anniversary this week. Two years for Global and three years for uh, for Japan. So there's been a lot of... We've talked before about how Bang Dream has like the more like A-list uh, voice actors in it. So it's some, it's very difficult to get them all together in a room. Yep. So there's been a lot of like they had a special where it was like all of the singers were in a room together, which was bizarre. Pastel Palettes, one of the bands, was all in a room together recently. Oh my god! It never happens, and we're, we're waiting. Chop chop on that Pastel Palettes uh, fan sub, y'all. Let's get to work on that. <laughs> also enjoying uh, Seth Meyers. A lot, a lot of the late night hosts have all made um, returns lately in some form or another. Um, mm-hmm. So I get my closer looks from Seth Meyers again. <laughs> yep. So, and watching him, uh, A, pick the best spot in his house to do it. He's gone from uh, a hallway that he got kicked out of by his daughters because <laughs> they didn't like that. Daddy had to, you know, block the hallway for three hours. He did it in this, like, kind of library area. I don't know why he moved from there. But then he did it in something. It was like his garage or something. And he's also doing his own makeup. So it's like they moved from there. And I noticed it at the time when I was watching it. And this is what's amazing is he call- he keeps calling out stuff that I notice. <laughs> Like, oh, that's cool. The first one, he was like, I'm watching it. I'm like, that looks really weird. And then the next night, he's like, you might be wondering why we moved. It's because it was so cold in my in my garage that by the time it was over, I looked like a cocaine addict. <laughs> he's like, I looked like I looked like Andy Cap. Like <laughs> his nose was so red. And I was like, why is his nose so red? Um, also, he. Now he's moved into this sort of, like, attic area, and because I don't know what his house is like, but he's got, like, one of those, like, some attics have, like, weird tiny doors and stuff in them for, like, storage yeah. or I don't know what. So he's doing it in front of this tiny door, and he keeps, he mentions every night, it's like, I know you're all wondering, what's in that tiny door? I'm never going to tell you, but let us know what you think it is at what's behind <laughs> Seth's tiny door at gmail.com. I was less fascinated with that and more with the set dressing, including what looked to be an original copy of 80s romantic novel no 77 because i remember thought of mr Malash because he's obsessed with 1977 uh 1977 romance novel the thorn birds is clearly visible (laughs) (laughs) it's like we've and like his most recent video was like we've talked a lot about uh the tiny door what we haven't talked about as much is why i have a copy of (laughs) the thorn birds here (laughs) And then he'll start doing the thing, oh, Trump's an asshole, Trump's an idiot, blah, blah, blah. And then he turns and looks, and there's a second copy of the Thornbirds. <laughs> <laughs> and over the course of the video, three copies of the Thornbirds ended up on this little table next to him. Um, so, yes, I'm, I'm delighted by... Similar to the Firefly Funhouse, like, the, the chains are just off, right? Like, the rules don't apply, and people are just doing interesting yeah. things. Um, none of these are the marquee things I've been into this week, or that I need to I need to speak on. Um, less that I need to speak on, but also I guess joining the wallpaper conversation is, uh, all of community hit Netflix in April, less of an air horn for Canada. Cause Canada actually had the first four seasons on there, like forever. It was one of like, when everybody was like, ah, Canadian Netflix sucks. Canadian Netflix always had community. Um, and then it went away for a while and now it has everything, including the fifth and, uh, the fifth and sixth seasons, the weird Yahoo season. <laughs> Some of you may have never seen, um, that's now just sitting on Netflix, so I've been revisiting some of the later community seasons as wallpaper. But, Kate, sometimes you get that urge. You get that anime urge. Yep. And I don't know why it popped into my head again. 
but it'd been popping into my head for a couple of reasons. And th- it was this show that when I wasn't even paying attention, really, like I was out on anime, I just moved to Toronto. Um, but I would be on like, know your meme or something. And I would see all these, like what were then would pass for like viral trends centered around this anime. It seemed right. like it was the biggest thing in the world. Like back when we didn't have social media really, but there was like Nico Doga and stuff like that in Japan and YouTube, I just kind of started really in North America. Um, you see all these like videos or me, what, what we now call memes tied into this show. And then I recently saw a tweet not too long ago. It might've been from uh anime writer, uh, Vry Kaiser, who was like, whatever happened to this show? Like it just, it was the biggest thing in the world and it vanished. And also, um, one day I got a DM from geek down number one fan, uh, Kira asking me if I'd ever watched it. Like, were you part of the zeitgeist then? And I was like, no, I never saw it, but I knew about it. And now it's just like gone. So fuck it. I'm gonna watch it. And that is the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. Really? (laughs) Which for anime fans, maybe you've heard that phrase. I don't know. But so this show was the biggest thing in the world. And then everybody forgot about it. And you know me, I love meta stories. And I was like, well, why, why it it was the biggest thing in the world. And then just disappeared. Nobody ever talks about it. And also Kyoto animation did it. And we we love what we've seen from Kyoto animation. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sidebar. There's a Violet Evergarden movie on Netflix now, like a 90 minute movie. Um, which I will need to get to at some point, but we, we love KyoAni, and this was one of their early things that they did. And I was like, well, fuck it. I'll check it out. And as we talked about the Firefly Funhouse thing, you know, I love meta stories. Like why this, this thing vanished. Um, and not for nothing, it had two seasons of an anime and then a movie that KyoAni did, which is apparently really good that I'm sitting through the TV seasons to, so the movie will make sense. Uh, and the movie was called the disappearance of Harui Suzumiya. <laughs> Ah. And that's the meta joke everybody likes to make. It's like, it, it really was the disappearance of Harui Suzumiya. Like, nobody <laughs> nobody remembers this show anymore. Like, there's a whole, like, wedge of people where this show... They had, a, they had a thing called Haruism, which was, like, a religion based around her. Um, and basically, the bullet point is, it's a slice of life, basically about this girl, Harui Suzumiya, who starts this club at her school, at her high school, called the SOS Brigade, and a bunch of lunatics she surrounds herself with to look for, like weird phenomenon like aliens and time travelers and espers and stuff like that. That's what she wants to find. And she's so like has her head up her own ass. She does not realize that the other members of the club are a time traveler and esper and an alien. And also they are all in the club to watch her because she is basically the powers of a God and doesn't realize it. Oh, now that sounds great. The problem is in the first season of the show, they did not have enough actual like canon story to flesh out like an overarching narrative. So what they did is broadcast it. The original broadcast order of the show was staggered and non-chronological. Why? Because they didn't want to have all the like narrative serial stuff at the front half and then go episodic for the back half. Hmm. So basically you have these six episodes titled The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya and then these other episodes that'll be called like The Boredom of Haruhi or something. There's actually a really good two-parter where they end up on a uh, on like a villa 
on an island that one of the minor characters owns, and like Harui really wants something wild to happen so she can solve a mystery, which is exactly what Kayla McKinnon would do if she was in that situation. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but like, this is the thing. The re- so to that end, like, a storm starts basically trapping them on the island, and no one can get in or out. That's the type of shit that Harui will do subliminally and not realize she's doing it. And the other three can, like, pick that up. And obviously there's, like, a normal boy who's, like, the love interest and whatever. But, like, the other three will be like, yeah, no, this is all happening because of her. She just doesn't realize it. Basically, like, if she gets too bummed out. It's also got a weird take on, like, that Twilight Zone story about, you know, the kid who turned people in jack-in-the-boxes. Like, they don't want her to get too bummed out because if she gets too bummed out, she'll basically destroy the world. She'll be like, fuck this world. I don't like this world anymore. I want a new one. So they're trying to keep things weird enough for her. is a troubling character. I don't clearly like she was the hook back in the day and people want you to love her, but it's troubling. Um, also there's, I'll get to that in a minute. So yeah, they broadcasted out of order. Cause you had these five episodes that were based on the first light novel that if they just aired them all in chrono and chronologically cool, it's actually pretty good. Those six episodes taken back to back there's like suddenly there's these weird action scenes that are really well done because you know kyoto animation but then it just it would just the rest of the season would just be like why am i here and then for the second season and i don't know if i'm going to be able to hang with this but i respect them for doing it they had a run of episodes called the endless eight which was basically the crux is haruhi has so much fun on her summer, her two week summer vacation that she creates a time loop. Oh no. So eight, eight episodes of the show are the same thing (laughs) (gasps) with very subtle changes. (laughs) That's impressive. That's so fucking ballsy. Like apparently like when you read up about, you know, the culture and the memory around the show, like, people will go to cons wearing shirts that said, I survived eightless, endless eight. Like, <laughs> That's because so you, cool. you tuned in the next week and it was the same fucking shit. <laughs> like, they're going to go to the pool and then they're going to go, you know, catch bugs and have a cicada catching contest. And they're going to go to a bond dance and fireworks and shit like that. So, I mean, I don't know. Part of me just, well, I mean, on some, like, what else am I doing type of shit, part of me wants to, <laughs> wants to just try and sit through it, but... Yeah. I burned through the first season in broadcast order. I did it out of order. Um, and still fucked it up and watched some shit in, like, my own order. Um, so it's just, I don't get why it was as popular as it was, but I don't know why it disappeared without a trace. Like, right. Like, no one, there are shows from that era that people still remember and are still, like, you know, you go to cons Talking and you see, you see merch and cosplay and shit like Could that. It- could it have been too weird? Maybe, but I mean, like, FLCL came out in, like, 2000, and people still... Although, when, like, 2007, when I was looking for... When I was trying to find FLCL box sets, maybe secondhand at Fan Expo, dudes at the booths would be like, oh, man, that's old. Like, nobody cares about that anymore. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just... Maybe it just got usurped by, you know, One Piece and some of the... And Naruto and shit like that. At the time. Also, here's the other problem with it. Man, early 2000s were weird. You can't try to make a comment on Moe 
while doing all the shitty stuff that Moe does. Who's doing that? So the time traveler in the show, her name's Mikuru. She's the very, like, she's the Moe character. She's always like, like, always like freaked out or scared at everything that's happening around her. And Harui is like, you're perfect. You're going to help us get characters. Dudes love Moe. Get in this bunny costume. And we'll start like stripping her and we'll start like stripping her down and play for or like grabbing her boobs and be like, and like, literally I was like all capsing at Kira. It's like, do they ever stop pimping Mikuru? Like, and they do, but that's clearly like, that's what Harui sees her as. It's like, we'll get you in a bunny outfit. Nope. How about a maid outfit? We'll like run a maid cafe in here and that'll get dudes to come in. Nope. You'll be a nurse now for this season. That's gross. Yep. But at the same time, it's like very light trying to, comment on the tropes but you can't comment on the tropes and then do the same shit for fan service like it's a little and it's a little fan servicey but also the early odds type of thing um so that was my one anime and i just started i'm four episodes deep on another one i started watching today called clan ed which is also i'm just gonna burn through like kyoto animations like back catalog <laughs> they did this one too i don't know if i'm gonna sit with it kira was like watch clan ed instead it's on netflix so it was an easy it was an easy startup um it's essentially it's that weird thing where it's based on a visual novel. So like it's got, a, it's essentially like harem light. Like it's a dude with a bunch of girls that he becomes friends with. And it wants to tease that, like which girls are going to end up with. And I'm sure in the game that's, you know, there are like 17 endings you can run through, but there's clearly one canon person he's supposed to end up with. So, I mean, that's right. That tension's not there. Although her parents are amazing and I want to watch the show just for them. <laughs> Nagisa's dad is I guess, fantastic. I guess I guess that's fine. I don't know if that would pull me to watch an entire show. Yeah, it's twelve episodes. What, what else am I doing? Parents. Hey, but I gotta say, I'm like I told you, I'm watching random videos about Asia. <laughs> like, I've I've been watching Japanology about school satchels. I mean, I obviously don't have like high. Like a, a Sa- high standard. Satchels. <laughs> like yeah. like the belts that they used to wrap around their books or like. No, no, no. The ba- the bags that they have. Well, all square the bags. bags. Yeah. you The one you buy and then you have for six years <laughs> as you go through school. Right. And they're like originally like based off of these military bags and they're made out of leather and they're amazing. And. With my whole stress shopping, I'm like, can I justify <laughs> dropping like three hundred dollars on a Japanese three hundred dollars? Yeah, well, they're leather. They're like um, they're like hand stitched in Japan. Like they're amazing. I'm gonna send you the video. <laughs> so, anyways, get on those NHK is, World docs, y'all. <laughs> the the point is, I'm I've been watching all kinds of weird things, so I shouldn't really judge. <laughs> I honestly, I think one of Kyoto Animation's other things that, like, they're really well known for is a show called Sound Euphonium, which I think is Haikyuu with a school band, and I'm probably just going to go to that. Makes sense. You know, you got to have that comp in your life. (laughs) It's a school band. The main character plays, like, the fucking French horn, like. Amazing. It's going to be about, if it's Haikyuu, but, like, with, like, school band symphony performances, like, come on, come on. Command. Team, all the fun and team building and and feels of of people becoming friends over a shared goal, but it's like 
big band music. What else do I need in life? Well, y'all, if you've been up on these, if you're caught up on these new episodes, you know what this means. It's time for us to go. That's that's the journal snap enclosed. Friends, we hope you enjoy these little socially distant episodes that we're doing for you. Try to give you a little something to distract yourself with. Maybe if you're out on your walks early in the morning, which I'm planning to try to do tomorrow because it's Easter Sunday. Happy Easter, y'all. Um, hope you had a good one, but it's Easter Sunday tomorrow and I'm hoping that means people are going to be like chilling the F out and out of these streets so I can, you know, perambulate a little and make sure my hips work, which is the other thing I do with my time. But we thank you for listening. Yes, go ahead. It's It's a good thing to do with your time. (laughs) <laughs> probably better we're than watching have to, we're all gonna have to start walking after this is over <laughs> eventually you're going to have to walk again so you know yeah be prepared be be ready for it Ooh, also i gotta remember huh do i want to go get up early? <laughs> you could get up early for a walk both days but i definitely got to get out monday for them cheap mini eggs oh yeah cheap mini eggs season is coming oh yeah girl we're definitely out here for them cheap mini eggs Put a pause in for air horns. Air horns for cheap mini eggs. You know they deserve them. Friends, enjoy your cheap mini eggs. Thank you for spending your time with us. We'll be back next week for something. I don't know. Friends, get at us on Twitter. If you like like this format, if you like us just chatting, if you want us to go back to format, I mean, we could probably figure out a way to get back to format. But, I mean, you know, let us know. Let us know. Whatever. We just want to make you comfortable while we do our thing. Friends, thank you for hanging. It means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And we hope that you will join us next week for another weird but fabulous episode of the Geek Jam Podcast. Y'all, Kate remembered something and helped me. This is, I mean, whoo. <laughs> you only get one, okay? I'll put them in, I better make the most of it. I'll put them in, I'll put it in post, but you can get tons of air horn for that. <laughs>